Good morning, church. How are y'all doing this morning? Good. Okay, we're going to tell you the story of something that happened on the way to church today because it's so much fun. Because God is so much fun. Um, I might tell it more than once. You might tell the story more than once? I might tell it later, yeah. Oh, what, do you want me to not tell yeah, it now? I want okay. to tell it now. Um, <clears throat> so, one, I'm always excited to be in the house of the Lord. I say it every Sunday. So if it starts sounding old, I can't help it. I'm always excited to come into the house of the Lord. I'm always excited to wake up and know that this day is just set apart. Um, set apart for something special, and y'all are a part of that. So on the way to church, I begin having a conversation with Jason. Um, well, first let me preface this. Has, have any of you ever gotten in the car, like, and music just starts blaring out of the Bluetooth, and you didn't push any buttons, right. you didn't hit connect, you didn't do anything. It's just like the car and the phone in your back pocket start talking to each other without your consent (laughs) and it decides to play something okay so i don't know if that's ever happened to any of you but it's happened to us often and it always plays music out of like apple music which we don't use and there's a playlist on there from nine years ago that has just some fun junior high fun music on it and um so we get in the car, we're driving here, and I start talking. I'm like, you know, I really feel that God's doing something, and there's a connection between, you know, the marriage event we did in November, and then that book we went, read together, and then fast forward to February, and I'm just talking. And then suddenly, there's Russian talking. And we both, like, look at each other, and it's like, you know, I don't know, I can't fake Russian, or whatever. And then, I got the power. That's right. <laughs> and yes. I just started dancing. Not kidding. Yeah. Not kidding. Right. And Power right here. That's right. Gonna step back. <laughs> and he's just like, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, I don't know why this is on, but I just say, okay, Lord. And he's like, Liz, the word God gave me this morning while I was praying was power. Come on. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. Like, you can't make this stuff I up. Know. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> and so I mean, we listened to the whole song. I don't know what the lyrics are. That made me nervous. But I mean, I, I know some of them, you know, it's getting, it's getting, it's getting kind of heavy. It's getting, it's getting kind of heavy. Right? So we're just listening to this song. And then I got the lyrics out. I'm like, okay, he's just really happy with his rapping skills. That's what the song is about. But God is just, he's fun. My gosh, it was so much fun. Plus a confirmation of the word for church today, which is power. We aren't here to beg for him to get involved in our life. We're not here to, you know, try to earn it, try to kind of wash ourselves with some church time because it just doesn't work that way. We're here to plug into the power of the body and blood of Jesus. He wants us to rejoice. He loves having fun. Um, He loves confirming his word. And so, church, the word today is power. Last week was such an amazing service, this guy didn't even get to give his message because the Holy Spirit just wanted us to be in his presence. That's the first time that's happened in the three years that we've been in leadership here. And it was such a sweet, sweet time where he invited us to sit in his presence. And today, I mean, he's confirmed the word power. So I'm excited to just step into his presence and let him have his way in my heart this morning in my life this morning, in the life of this body of believers. Amen. Well, stand with me. I'm going to read a call to worship out of John uh, 15. And you don't have to read this with me. It's a little bit longer than I normally do. I just do a scripture or two. But it's interesting. The Lord gave this verse to me earlier in the week. But if you think of the word power, think of the word power as I read through it, about being connected to the true power source which is Jesus himself. It's the only way we can walk through this life. It's the only way we can even breathe. It's the only way we can do anything is because of his power. So I'm going to read this together. Just receive it this morning. It says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, 
You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. Heavenly Father, we abide in you this morning. We abide with Jesus this morning through your power of your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for power, Lord. Power, power, power that comes from only you on high, Lord. And Father, as we just worship you this morning, we worship you in spirit and in truth, but we worship you with joy. For you are the God of joy. You are the King of joy. And the only place we can find joy is in your presence and abiding with you. So we worship you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's worship. dismiss y'all to walk down the aisles and pick up your communion elements and then kind of circle back around to your seats. Um, the middle tray is the gluten-free, and then the, the, the cups are stacked, so it's just one pickup. The, um, the bread is on the bottom and the juice is on top. I'm going to release you in a minute. But what I want to share with you is that Pastor Jason opened the service um, with that scripture in John and what he didn't know, and gosh, this happens all the time, and I just love it. I love it. I love the Holy Spirit. I love the Lord. Um, This week, the Lord has been talking to me about Jesus and about his relationship with the Father and how prior to Jesus coming and walking on this earth, God the Father, God as our Father was not known. It wasn't discussed. It wasn't, that wasn't, um, that wasn't how he was known as a Father. And Jesus came and he modeled that. And what the Lord was talking to me about ties right in with Jesus paid it all. In his relationship with the Father, there was never condemnation. God never punished Jesus. God never um, shamed him. God never threatened him. You You better do this or else you know what's coming. And God began to speak to me on this and how so often I fail to cry out in the midst of my weakness because I'm ashamed, because I, I, I walk under this idea that perfection is what he wants. What he wants is me, just me, just as I am. And I think back um, to many, many years ago, um, there was a preacher, he was talking about radical grace, and he was, um, he's got a huge church, and he was encouraging his people to cry out to Jesus in the midst of their sin. And I'm listening to this, and I'm like, wow. And he said, men, if you're struggling with pornography, and you feel that pull, and you find yourself right there in the midst of it, he said, call on the name of Jesus. Call on the name of Jesus in the midst of your sin. If you struggle with alcohol and you find yourself in the midst of it and you're fall down drunk, call on the name of Jesus because he walked among the lepers. He did that to show us I've come to be in the midst of the mess, not to wait until you clean up the mess and then we can sit next to each other and eat. It's such a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie that makes children hide their mistakes from their parents. Wouldn't it be awesome if they're like, Mom, I you know, I got the chocolate sauce and I just drew pictures on the carpet and then I realized, gosh, that was bad. And I ran to tell you because I did this bad thing. 
wouldn't it be amazing? I mean, that's a silly one. Wouldn't it be amazing if we didn't wait, if we didn't try to pull ourselves up out of the mess? And so the scripture, abide in me. He is with us, church. He's for us in the midst of our situation. He's not waiting on us to get better. What that looked like for me was I was, I, I struggle sometimes when I get overwhelmed with life. I, we all have coping mechanisms, and some of them are profitable. Some of them are neutral. Some of them are negative, right? This is how I view a lot of things. Um, and I was like binging Netflix, which can be a neutral thing. I'm just telling you. It's okay to watch a little shows here and there, and there's some really good ones. Um, like The Chosen, that's a great one. Um, binge Jesus, I love that. Um, but what I found was, is I was, it just was becoming, I was feeling overwhelmed all the time and it wasn't helping. Net neutral doesn't help. It won't help you grow out of and grow up and out of, of what you're feeling overwhelmed with. And I remember feeling like I was missing out. Gosh. And I, I was stuck. I was kind of just stuck in this pattern. I couldn't get myself out. And so I just remember calling upon that, that idea. And I just would begin to pray as I was watching, like, Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be stuck here anymore. God, help me. I want to do better. I want to engage more with my family, even when they are the, what's overwhelming me or seemingly what's overwhelming me. Teach me, show me, help me. And I'll tell you what, 25 days after praying that, I was no longer in that. I think I, I suddenly I just was like, oh my gosh, I haven't done, I haven't binged on anything to try to help myself cope in for like in a week or two. And it just was like, he was right there to say, I know, because you cried out to me. And again, that's a really light example. But church, we're going to come to the table this morning. And I encourage you, cry out, cry out to Jesus this morning. Partake of the body and the blood of Christ and apply it. Apply it to every part of your heart. The parts you believe are fail, are zero out of 10. Those are the parts he wants to just come along inside and bring healing. It's what he died for, guys. It's what he died for. So go ahead. You guys can come up to the table, and then Pastor Jason and I will come back up, and we'll partake of uh, communion together. seems to be a theme as the Lord is speaking this morning to different people at different times and throughout the week. The Lord gave me to read this scripture out of Romans 8 before we take communion. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation <laughs> to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in, that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Lord, we thank you. There is no condemnation because of Christ Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice the price you paid to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Lord, no matter whatever we walked in here with, our relationship with you allows us to call out to you at any moment, at any time, in any situation, in any circumstance, in any sin, in any joy, in anything. We can call out to you.
Father, we thank you for it. We worship you for it. Thank you, Lord. You know, the word this morning has been all about power. There is power in what we are about to partake in. I don't mean just a little bit of power. I don't mean power that comes from a little carbohydrate and a little sugar. I'm talking about Holy Spirit power because of the death and because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Power flows through communion. It is a way that Jesus heals. It is a way that he saves. This is what it's all about, church. (laughs) This is it. This is what it's all about. It's the center of everything we believe. His body broken. His blood shed. For you, for me, for all of eternity. Thank you, Lord. Bible says, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. We step into love right now, Father God. I decree and I declare that we step into love. Father, and no longer will we diminish the power of the shed blood of your son through works and law. But God, we just lay ourselves down in your presence. By the blood of Jesus, we sit at your side. You've called us sons. You've called us daughters. You've called us friends. And God, we we step into love. Love without blemish, God. Love without blemish, God. And we magnify Jesus in this place this morning, God. We magnify your son, Jesus. We lift him up. We raise him up. We magnify him and we worship him. We give him all praise. We give him all honor. We give him all glory here on earth and in the heavens above the earth. We raise him up. We raise him up because he is worthy of all of our praise. He is worthy. Jesus, we magnify you. you. We glorify you. you. We praise you, God. We praise you, Father. We worship you this morning. Church, stand with us and continue to worship the King of Kings this morning. Stand with us and continue to worship the God of heaven and the God of earth, the God of our souls, the God of our salvation, the God of our redemption, the God of our hope, the God of all glory, the God of the restored heart, the God of the free prisoner. He is worthy of our praise this morning. Jesus never walked into a situation where everything didn't change. You know, he never walked into a room and left and it was unremarkable. Whatever your need this morning, wherever you're at this morning, Jesus is for you. 
He is the answer here and now, in this moment, in this minute. And then also Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. 24-7, 365. Yes. Thank, thank you, Jesus. You. Thank you. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you lead us into your presence, God. And you pour forth love, peace, and and all that we need. And we just receive, God. We receive from you this morning. We receive from you, from your hand, God, like children, receiving good things from their father. And we thank you. We love you this morning. We love you, God. We love you, Father. We love you. Father, I just lift up every family here this morning. Pray for every marriage represented here this morning. New life. I speak new life into every marriage this morning, God. Father, I pray that you would raise up hopes and dreams. No, God, I pray that you would raise up hope. Hope that seems like it was long dead. God, raise it up. Father, God, because our hope is in Jesus, resurrected and victorious. Raise up hope this morning, God. Raise up hope, Father. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for every family, every, every parent-child relationship right now, God. I pray that you would invade, Lord God, every problem that is laying heavy on the hearts of moms and dads, God. I just release now, I release now faith, Father, just eyes to see your hand in the lives of their children, God, that you hear our prayers. You've heard their prayers in the night. You've heard their prayers in the shower. You've heard their prayers in the car. You've heard them crying out, God, and you are a God who saves. You are a God who loves. You are a God who comes in and gives revelation. Father, won't you give wisdom and knowledge and insight, Father, into their children? And God, I pray that as your Holy Spirit begins to invade these homes, these marriages, these these relationships with children, Father, single parents will receive extra strength, extra strength for the journey. But God, I thank you that as your Holy Spirit comes and invades these households, that the fruits of fruit of the Spirit are going to begin to be evident, and it's going to be miraculous. It's going to be miraculous. Mothers are going to begin to have miraculous patience. It's going to be so supernatural. They're going to know that they know that that was not them, that it was the Holy Spirit coming upon them to bring victory and to, to, to water love and relationship with their children. And fathers are going to receive miraculous gentleness. The gentleness that is going to flow forth from husbands and fathers this week is going to be remarkable, God. I pray it. I receive it. I receive it in the authority of Christ over every family represented here. In Jesus' name. Gentleness in the hearts of fathers and husbands. In Jesus' name. God, you are healing hearts. You're binding together families. You're binding the hearts of the children to their parents and the parents to the children and wives to their husbands and husbands to their wives. And Father, this morning, I thank you and I praise you. You are binding. You're doing all of this because you are binding our hearts to yours, God. First, 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 God, and we will abide in you. We will come, Father. We will come when we feel clean and we will come when we feel dirty, God, and you will, you will be with us. God with us in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Whenever I come up here, like, okay, come on. <laughs> he always just is like, no. Thank you, God. I'm so thankful that he never lets, he never lets us move on.
till it's time to move on. I feel like we can move on. Thank you, Lord. Well, if this is your first time worshiping with us, we welcome you. Um, This is generally how we roll. It's just lovers of the presence of God. And he's gracious and he's so generous week after week. And we're honored today to worship with you. If this is your first time, on the back of the seats, there's a connection card. If you want to just give us your name and your email, that that just lets us know, hey, we were here. Um, And we send out like a, a welcome email. And that's that's about all we do with that. It, there's also, it's also the place for everybody to put their prayer requests, uh, praise reports, um, and testimonies. Uh, we rejoice over the testimonies and um, the praise reports, and, um, and we partner with you in prayer for all the things. So those cards can come up in the offering buckets. We're going to take a break where we get up, and you can use the bathroom. You can say good morning to people. Um, the connection cards come up in the offering. If you have tithes, offerings, uh, bring them up cheerfully and with great joy and with great purpose before the Lord and say, God, I honor you today with my finances. Trust you today, God. And don't just plop it in there like, oh, I just got to do this. Do it with intention. Um, do it with faith. Um, so that's here for you. Kids, ECF kids, you know the drill. Kid Corner right over there. If you're a guest, I have um, special bags that are filled with kind of some things to help you enjoy the rest of the service. You know, my kids, they kind of sprawl out and they color, but they also listen. They are hearing things. I mean, we have been amazed at some of the things that our kids have come home. Pastor Andy did a message on fasting. We were out of town. We came back into town. Jairus is like, I want to fast lunch on Fridays. I was like, dude, do you know how much you eat? <laughs> but we, we really talked to him about it, made sure this was the real deal. And um, we moved it to Saturday, so we wouldn't have Miss Perry having a hungry boy in lunch during lunch at LCA. So, um, but they're listening, and the Holy Spirit moves on their hearts, and it's powerful. Anyway, Kid Corner, um, there's books you can borrow to look at during sermon time. There's sermon notes you write on, take home with you, but there's also a bag of things you do and then leave them here. So we have that. Anything else? All right, let's fellowship for a couple minutes, and we'll come back together. All right, church. It's always so hard to break you guys up. (laughs) All right, let's talk about some of the things that are coming up. Just a couple. Just a couple of things to talk about this morning. Um, First, Easter is coming. Um, April 17th this year, which... Is wonderful when you have a house full of girls. A late Easter is a blessing because when it's early and there's you know like the dresses and the tights and stuff. So Sunday, April eighteenth is Easter, um, Resurrection Sunday. I said to Jason, I feel like our Easter services aren't super special because we are really excited about the risen Lord like every Sunday. So it's like you know it's it and it's always just an exclamation point, Jesus, like exclamation point. So Easter Sunday. Again, it's just going to be like Jesus, exclamation point. Um, so it's going, to be, it's going to be a great service. It's going to be exciting. Um, Good Friday service, Friday before. Do I have a slide for Good Friday? I do. Our Good Friday service is it's a joint uh, venture, Erie Christian Fellowship, New Beginnings Church, Erie First Assembly. And then there's a couple other churches. It, Erie First Assembly is hosting the big, beautiful facility, um, April 15th, 6.30 p.m. Um, I invite you to attend. Uh, it's always a good service. And it's wonderful, wonderful to be in unity with the broader body of Christ. Can I tell you something? Last week, I probably, for the, her first time ever, in the 11 a.m. service, Pastor Nicole did not get to preach her sermon because the Holy Spirit was pressing them in to love. They just worshiped. They had words of prophecy. And she posted something on Facebook, and I'm not on Facebook, but I saw it, and I texted her. I was like, you are kidding me. I was so excited that what happened at ECF, the Holy Spirit is consistent. So church, I mean, we're in it. We are in it to win it. And we have other brothers and sisters in Christ. We love Pastor Nicole. 
love her, love her heart for the Lord. So I invite you to her house, to God's house, the big house, Erie First Assembly for Good Friday service. Be there. Um, Last thing to talk about is soap. We provide soap to the Erie City Mission. That is our like ministry to them. Um, and that is the specific soap that we provide because it is powder. That is what they've asked for. You can buy it at Walmart in a one pound bag. And it gets dropped off across the lobby. There's the family room available for families on the left and the missions area right in that foyer on the right. And there's usually a receptacle there for soap. So I invite you to participate. You can also give in your offering envelope if you just want to give money and have other people buy soap. Yes, Stacy. 81 bags was our last drop off to the city mission. And this is a really vital thing. I think, you know, it's not flashy, but it's super vital because they're not able to buy it with whatever government assistance they get. Um, It's something that kind of falls outside the line. So we are providing a necessary thing for people and just loving them in that way. So hop on and, and get involved with that. Uh, speaking of city mission, let me, um, let's, can we pray for the city mission? We have a team, I don't know if you guys know this, we have a team that goes to the city mission once a quarter, uh, and they run the Sunday morning, kind of like the, the service and the food distribution and all the stuff that happens on a Sunday morning. Well, today is the Sunday morning that Erie Christian Fellowship is there, so that's where Camille is and, and Mary Kay and a lot of the people that you don't see today is there off serving at the city mission Uh, this morning. And I want to mention two things. I want to pray for them uh, and God's move of power down at the city mission. And then number two, the Spirited Sisters, uh, that that group, that life group of those ladies who uh, have, you know, the thing in common of losing their husband, they get together and they just bless each other and they bless our community. A lot of them are down there serving, but I just wanted you to know they also made 250 Easter cards, Resurrection Sunday cards, for the city mission and for the soldiers and sailor home. And so, I mean, Camille and, and uh, Sandy Aberrant and that team, they just do a fantastic job. So we want to lift them up in prayer. Uh, we, and if you ever see them, well, when you see them, tell them thank, thank you. Thank you for all that they do uh, for this city and for this town, which we love. So Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now, Lord. We thank you uh, for our team that is down there. We thank you for the hearts of serving those who are less fortunate, Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you speak of true religion as being that, Father God, as taking care of widows and orphans and those who are in need, Father God. And so we just pray a blessing over their time today. Pray a blessing that they will be able to speak the gospel message, not only just meet a practical need, but they will meet the true need, the inner need that every soul desires, whether they know it or not, is the the hole that's there that can only be filled with Jesus Christ. So, Father, I just pray that they will be able to witness, give them opportunities to pray for people. Father, I just pray for dunamis power to flow, Father God, flow through the city mission, through our team, through those who work there and serve there. And, Father, we thank you for the city mission. Father, I just pray for finances for them, Lord, for all the things that they plan and purpose to go do. We thank you for it. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, so let me just pr- do a scripture on offering here, and then we've got a testimony uh, that Brother Rich is going to share uh, about dunamis power. And if you weren't here when we opened up the service, it is all about power this morning. I mean, literally, a song came on in the car randomly, and it was totally out of the blue, and it was about power. And so God is working, he is working, he is working. But here, Deuteronomy 8 Deuteronomy 8, and if you follow along in our Bible reading plan, this was part of either the last week or this week's reading. Starting in verse 16, it says, Who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, and that he might test you to do good in the end? Verse 17, Then you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And I think, you know, I think a lot, I mean, I don't know if it is, I mean, America and and our culture feels that way, is ever the self-made man and self-made woman, and, you know, they stand up and they say, look what I've done, look what I've done. And, And we as Christians know, and we understand that it is not by our power 
that we are able to gain wealth. It is not by our power that we can do anything. But here's verse 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he, church, it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, every gift, every giver this morning. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you abundantly bless us, Father, in so many ways, not just financially, but in so many ways. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're opening up the floodgates of heaven, that our, that our barns will be overflowing, Father God, that our vats will be overflowing in full. Lord, not so that we can hold on to it and keep it, Lord, so that we can be a distribution center for you. Lord, to do your work, to expand your kingdom. And we thank you for it. In your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, Chet, thank you. Rich, you want to give this testimony, baby? You got that microphone? That's a testimony. <laughs> Good morning. So, uh, let's see here. Where do I want to start? Because this is... Amazing. God is good. You know the thing I love about God is he goes with us. We are, he's in us, right? Say, God is in me. Amen. God is in you. And as you go, he goes with you, right? Mm. So this last week, wherever I go, I, I love men's ministry. I, I lead men to men. And I love men because he needs us. He has need of men. And men are so important to yeah. God's kingdom. He created men. He said, I need a helpmate. He gave us women. Mm. Praise God. So as I go, I'm always like, hey, how you doing? My name's Rich. Uh, you know, um, hey, there's this thing called Ben and Man. You want to come? And I'm an inviter because I know it's important. I put value in coming together as a body of Christ. So Thursday, we pre-meet for Columbus Men to Men. And uh, after we met, we were late in getting out of there, and yada, yada, yada. And here comes a guy I know from many years ago. I haven't seen him in a long time. Hey, how you doing? Well, what are you doing this Saturday? Oh, you come from Spartansburg. Hmm, that's close to Columbus. Mm-hmm. Columbus is by Corey, just so you know. And, well, I got to work late. I don't get out of work till 2 in the morning, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, well, whatever. Why don't you, why don't you come? Gave him the address, got his phone number. Get the phone number. Contact. Follow up, right? That's important <laughs> stuff is you got to connect with people. Man. 13 times if you want them to really engage Man. with you. So I gave him the information. But then my next step is to pray. Father God, your word says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock the door, will be open to you. Whatever gives my Father glory, I'll do it. Father, I know this man wasn't by chance. And there's a backstory to this, that he was at this place at this time, at the exact moment that I could invite him. So fast forward to Saturday. You know, I prayed over him. I've given it to God. It's not between me and that man. It's between God doing what God does, being God. Thank you, Lord. Makes my job real easy, you know? (laughs) So, Saturday morning, we're going down to Columbus. We're taking Route 8 down there, and rain was, it was a little rainy, slushy, not a big deal. In fact, I tested the brakes on one of the roads because I thought, eh, it's looking a little sketchy. And uh, we're going down the road, and the devil tried to take me out. Mm. And I mean, tried to take me out. He did not want me to be there. Mm. My truck went sideways. And I mean... I'm cruising on, and I'm taking cruise control off because it's getting ugly, and, and I'm like, okay, back off from 65 down to 55, you know. I, I like to speed. I can't help it. I like going fast. But I slow down, and I notice up ahead of me there's some swishy marks in the road from a car getting weird. So I back down a little bit more. All of a sudden, my truck goes, woof, woof. And I said to my partner, Bob, I said, Bob, hold on. Lord, and I did, I cried out, Lord, Hallelujah. Lord, and I, and mind you, I have never experienced my truck going, or vehicle literally on its own going sideways. I forced it, but this was not that case. Whew, whew, and the truck is going, and I'm thinking, there's the ditch, there's the ditch, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, Lord, and I'm just calling out. That's all I'm saying is, Lord, Lord, as that truck came in line. And I don't get excited. When things happen, I don't get excited because I know I have favor with God and man. You know, and he took that truck. And I said, after this is all through, I said to Bob, I said, you know, when I, when I get to heaven, I would like God to show me the rewind 
of how he <laughs> held my truck right. from going in this ditch or this ditch or that guardrail and that guardrail. Because he had he has need of us. See, God has need of me. Amen. He oh, has need each and every one of you. What he does for me, he'll do for you. And that's what yeah. I love about God. He's no respecter of person or persons. So, you know, we shake it off. We get to the meeting, put it in four-wheel drive mode. Not that that'll get you out of it. What'll get you into it won't get you out of. So anyway, we get to the meeting. The guy invited isn't showing up yet. It's time to start the meeting. Okay, well, whatever. Lord, maybe he's picking his friend up if he's late. So I get a phone call. Hey, Rich, I can't find this place. Praise God. I go outside. I'm like, where are you at? Well, I'm here. Okay. Look for the pine trees. Turn at the pine. Okay. There he is. I said, come on in. The back story of this was when he came to that place where I met him, God had orchestrated perfect timing. We started our meeting half an hour later than we normally do. We ran later than we normally do. He was on his way back from having breakfast with Ryan Spartansburg, and he took a circuitous route. And he said, and he got there at the ideal time, the perfect timing, so he could be invited. And then in that meeting, he bared his heart, and boy, did he need to be there. I mean, God arranged it because he needed. You know, men to men, it's an area where you could bear your, where you're at in life, and it's okay. And nobody judges you, nobody condemns you, because you know what? We all go through stuff. If you're alive, and if you're trying to follow Jesus, you're going to go through some stuff, and it's okay. Because God is with you. He's never forsaken you. He's never released. That dunamis power, that dunamis power that kept my truck on the road, the dunamis power that brought him into that time, at that present time, so he could come. And he was in tears in the meeting. Praise God. You know, and I know God's got a plan and purpose for that man's life. Like he's got a plan and purpose for each and one of us. The dunamis power, as we go, he goes with us. We're not alone. Believe it, receive it, walk in it, and speak it out. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Beautiful. You got that? All right. I had no idea what his testimony was going to be about, but it absolutely goes completely with my message. So that's, again, the Holy Spirit working his power. Okay, open up your Bibles uh, to Acts chapter 2. And we are in the midst of a series uh, called Spiritual Disciplines. And we've been walking through the different spiritual disciplines that uh, we see in the book of Acts in the early church. And we're walking through each of those and just looking at each one individually and saying, what can I learn here? What can I do? How can I, how can I gain some wisdom and understanding in this? And I'm going to start in verse 46. And we normally start in 42, but for the sake of time, I'm going to start in verse 46. It says, so continually daily, with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So we have a chart that we like to put up here. We'll we'll throw this chart up, and you can see all the different uh, spiritual disciplines that are in this passage of Scripture. It talks about giving. It talks about studying God's word. It talks about worship. It talks about church attendance. It talks about home fellowship. It talks about serving and breaking bread together and praying. And this morning, I want to focus on this, the other aspect of fellowship. This other aspect of getting together with somebody and beginning a relationship and, a, and this sense of discipleship and a relationship with each other. I'm going to walk through that this morning. But here's what I would tell you about these uh, all of these spiritual disciplines. As you know, I think Pastor Andy said last week, uh, well, all of you know that I'm a huge sports fan, and I always use sports analogies, so guess what? I have a sports analogy today. Uh, so we were watching the NCAA, the College Wrestling Championships, last weekend. And as I was thinking about this message, what I realized is there are 10 national champions that get crowned at the 10 individual weight classes. There's only 10. Only one can stand up at the top of the podium. Then there's second place, third place, and all these others. Here is what was common about every one of them. It wasn't that they had the most strength or the most flexibility or anything else like that. What was common amongst all of them is they were the best all-around wrestler at their weight class. Their defense... Their offense, like, they were the best defensive wrestlers, they didn't win. The best offensive wrestler didn't win. 
but it was the best wrestler who had all of the disciplines, all of them as he, as he was working on each and every one of them, that he was able to win that national championship. And so that's why we're talking about these, is because every one of them is important. Now, one of them is more important than the other one, or one of them less important than anything else. These are all spiritual disciplines that I want each and every one of us to grow in as we go. So let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you want to know how to make a disciple? Let me see. How many of you want to know how to make a disciple? That's good. There's some interest here because I'm pretty sure the Lord commands us to go and make disciples. So let's look at that verse real quick. Matthew 28. Matthew 28, starting in verse 18. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Can we just stop right there just for a minute? Before he's even talking about disciple making, before he's even telling us to go, it's a reminder that we can only do it with the help of Jesus. Come on, church. We can only do it with the help of Jesus. What we've been talking about all morning. If you are struggling, you need Jesus. If you're in discouragement, you need Jesus. If you're in joy and everything's going well, guess what? You need Jesus. And we have to stop this turning to Jesus only when I have a problem in my life. And that's what these spiritual disciplines are, is they encourage us to go forward in all these different areas. So it says, and Jesus came and said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Then he says, verse 19, okay, now go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And then he wraps it up and says basically this, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So I love, I mean, Jesus is is a whole teaching in and of itself here. I'm going to use a different passage of scripture to talk about discipleship and what does it mean to disciple. But he's basically saying we need Jesus to help us do this. So he tells us, And then he tells us what to go do, and he says, oh yeah, by the way, it's not going to be easy, it's not going to be a piece of cake to go make a disciple, and so you don't forget, I'm going to be with you to the end of the age, throughout every single time as you go and walk through this. As we looked earlier at that scripture in Acts, something that jumped out at me, which I thought was very interesting, is a couple things. One is as they were continuing daily, they were meeting in the temple, and they were meeting house to house. They were meeting in the temple, and they were meeting house to house. How many of you understand that discipleship doesn't happen on a Sunday morning? It doesn't happen on a Sunday morning. Pieces of it happen, a bit of it happens, but discipleship itself does not happen on a Sunday morning. It's almost like God didn't create it that way. It doesn't, it, it's impossible for it to work that way. Sunday morning has a separate type of anointing. There's the corporate anointing. There's the anointing for healing and the worshiping together. Together, all those things happen, but they also can happen in home-to-home fellowship. So how many of you would look at me and say, okay, Pastor Jason, you know, let me, tell me about your parenting skills. How are you raising your children? And here's, the, here's what I tell you. Every Tuesday night, I sit my children down, and I open up my Bible, and I make them sing a song, Jesus loves me, this I know. And then I do some expository teaching out of the Bible, and I'm working on the book of of Romans right now. We're walking through, this is a story, this isn't actually happening, okay. All right, and so I do this expository teaching for an hour. And you're like, whoa, Pastor Jason, you are an incredible discipler of your children. This is amazing. I want to learn from you. And then I tell you that on Tuesday night after that's done, I walk away. In fact, I leave the house and I don't come back again until next Tuesday night when it's time again to have the teaching from the father of the home. And you'd be like, dude, that's terrible. Like, what, how are your kids going to learn anything? You're not even there with them. You're not with them. You're not, I mean, what about the issue they have on Wednesday morning? How are you talking to them? Well, I'm, I'm not there. 
I have a set time. This is my discipleship program, and it happens on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. You all think I was crazy, right? You're like, that's not discipleship. What are you talking about? Well, guess what, guys? Sunday mornings only is not discipleship. It doesn't happen like that. As the early church says, they met at the temple, but they met in the homes. They broke bread. They met together. They had relationships with each other. And it's interesting that the Lord talks about they met in the temple, then they went to the homes, they broke bread together, they worshiped together, they prayed together, they had favor with each other. Then the Lord added daily those who were being saved. Woo. Do you mean that there is a correlation between us meeting together and fellowshipping together and the Lord adding daily to the church? Yes. Because I'm telling you that the way of the future, of, I'm telling you that the, from the church perspective, the way that the church will grow in the future is not necessarily, I mean, praise God for tent meetings. And I know there's actually some coming and I, and I want to see those happen. But the actual, the way the church is going to grow in the future is through relationships. Through one-to-one -one relationships. That you have a relationship with someone at work. Somebody who you know, who you've met before. And you invite them. And you talk to them. And you follow up with them. And you call them. And you text them. And you invite them into your home. Or even if you invite them to church. It's about relationships. This is how the Lord is moving in this time and in this generation. With, I mean, guys, every, all the millennials and all these, all they see YouTube. They, nothing surprises anybody anymore. We're not looking for shock factor. We're not looking for anything. We're looking for a deep relationship, one to another. This is how discipleship is done. As we go, as we walk, as we wake, as we sleep, this is what discipleship really means. So turn with me uh, to Deuteronomy chapter 11. And while you're turning there, I'm just going to mention a few things um, I think the future of the church and discipleship, like I said, I believe it's going to begin to look different than it has in the past. And I believe that this pandemic and all the stuff that has happened has been, I hope, has been a wake-up call to the church of God. Because I'll tell you what, it's a wake-up call to me. It was a wake-up call to me saying... We, as a church, can no longer do the same things that we used to do and think that they're going to be, have the same success as they used to have. We have to change the way we do things. And we have changed the way we do things. And we're going to continue to change the way we do things. This is a new time and a new season. And we know that Jesus will return at some point in time. He's coming back for his bride. And who is his bride? The church. Who is the church? You, 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 and you. Not the building, the people. We are the church. So Deuteronomy 11, I'm going to skip a couple of those slides there for the sake of time. Starting in verse 18. And I believe that this is a model that the, that the Bible lays out about how to make a disciple. How do, we see the, how do we see the word, the scripture, showing us how to make disciples? It says, therefore, starting in verse 18, therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. So the first part of making disciples, this goes to parenting as well, guys, and that's why I use that analogy for those parents which we prayed for earlier and families getting strengthening. This is the same way we disciple our children as we disciple one another. Is The very first thing is we have to know the word. We have to know the word. Therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. It doesn't mean you have to be a Bible expert. It doesn't mean you have to have memorized a thousand scriptures. It doesn't mean any of that. It means that you have to understand who Jesus is in your heart, that you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. It's the very first way to becoming, making other disciples is you have to be a disciple. You have to know the word. You have to understand God's goodness and faithfulness. It says, and then it says, and bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. So here's what, here's what this jumped out at me. is not only do we have to know the word, we have to apply the word. 
And I love that the, the scripture uses our hands and our eyes because how, no matter what you're doing besides sleeping, which is hard to make disciples while you're sleeping, no matter what you're doing, we're almost always using our hands and our eyes, are we not? Think about any vocation, any job, teacher, plumber, carpenter, preacher, right? Oh, we're using our hands and we're using our eyes. And it's interesting that the Lord puts these things in these order and says, first we have to understand the word, but we have to apply it. Parents, as you're discipling your children, it does them no good to sit them down and have them memorize 10 scripture verses and then never actually apply any of those 10 scripture verses throughout the days and the weeks of their lives. The most powerful way to teach, the most powerful way to disciple is to show someone else you applying that word into a situation. And in our home, when we apply the words, like we actually apply the words in our life. If we have lost our car keys, guess what? We start praying about where the car keys are. Now, granted, I do have a tile app. You know, for every set of car keys now, because I'm saying, we're always looking for our car keys, right? But, okay, there's wisdom, and the Lord gives us wisdom in certain things. But every situation that we have, when our kids see us modeling, like, look, let's stop and pray. Noel's not feeling well? Hey, let's stop and pray for Noel. Someone's having an issue? Let's stop and pray for them. Let's begin to apply the word. So it's knowing the word is only part of it. It doesn't do you any good if you know all the word and you never apply any of it. Part of being, making a disciple is applying this word day in and day out. We have one of our little ones, and I won't mention their name, had been struggling to sleep at night. And it's like, you know, I, I, I hear things or I feel like I'm seeing things this or that, and we said, you know what? Now, if I was only doing anything with them on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m., this wouldn't work. You understand what I'm saying? So we went into his room, and we began to pray and say, look, in the name of Jesus, nothing in here. Of course, I gave it away since I have one boy. You all figured that out, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, anonymity, that's hard, yeah. Okay, pretend like you don't know. So we went, we went into the room, and we began to pray and speak and say, you know what, in the name of Jesus, if there is anything in here that shouldn't be in here, it needs to go in the name of Jesus. And we begin to say, let's find a scripture verse that applies to sleeping. And we looked up and we found uh, Psalm chapter uh, 4, uh, verse 8. And every single night, we say that together. Every single night. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we say that. That our sleep will be sweet. That we will lie down in peace. And that the Lord our Savior is the one who is with us and for us. And we, just, we speak the word over and over and over again. And it's working. And it's working. And that's what discipleship is. That doesn't happen on a Sunday morning, Right? That happens when there's relationships and people coming together and, and being open and honest about what's actually happening in your life. This is, the, this is the layover from two weeks ago. The message about us having to share and confess our things that we're struggling with. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. That's how discipleship begins to happen. So not just applying the word. We have to know the word and apply the word. And then verse 19 says this. And you shall teach them to your children. And here's the interesting thing. This word teach here actually means exercise. Wait. You mean it doesn't mean just like, you know, get up and have like a nice three-point sermon regarding this? No, it actually means exercise. And what is exercise? Something you need to do over and over. Like if I went to the gym just once and expected a ton of results to come out of it, you'd be like, what are you doing? That's not going to work. But if you go on a regular basis and you begin to exercise this and exercise this and walk through these issues of life together with others, with your spouses, with your kids, with those who God has placed in your life, that is how discipleship happens. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit down in your house and when you walk by the way. And here's, here's what I love about this. This means wherever you go. Wherever you go. 
doesn't just happen in the house, it happens at the grocery store. If you're, when you're with someone and you have a friendship with someone and they're struggling with something, it happens when you're out at lunch and you talk about it over dinner, over breakfast, over coffee. This is how discipleship works, is sharing the word as you go. You have to know it, but you have to apply it, and then you have to share it. And we share that word as we go inside the home, outside the home. That verse, back to that verse says, and when you lie down and when you rise up. From morning to night, beginning to end, Jesus has called us to make disciples. It's not a, it's, this is a command that Jesus gave. He said, go and make disciples. It wasn't like, hey, just the pastors go and make disciples. It wasn't just the worship leaders go and make disciples. He was talking to his disciples. How many of you are a disciple of Jesus? That means each and every one of us has a command and a calling to make disciples. You say, well, who, who am I supposed to make? Who has God placed in your life? For many of us, it's our children. It's the kids that are right in front of us. It's our friends that he's placed in our life. It's our neighbors that he's put us around. It's our coworkers that we're around. This is who God is calling us to make disciples with. Verse 20 then says, And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Verse 21, And that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied. This is the results of discipleship process. Now I'm going to get into this more next week, but this is the result of the discipleship process, is that the days of your children may be multiplied in the land to which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, like the days of the heavens above the earth. Worship team, you want to come back up, or at least Jake, come back up. I have some other things that I'm going to share regarding this next week regarding kind of what is the next step. So this is great. So I'm inspired. I need to go make disciples. And you're beginning to lay out this process for me. But what do I go do next? And there's some things I want to talk about next. But this morning, I just feel in my heart that I need to end today talking about God's power. Because at the end of the day, discipleship doesn't happen without God's power. And I want to read some scriptures to you as Jake plays behind. And I want you just to begin to hear what the Lord says in his word about his power. And whatever issue you walked in with this morning, whatever issue that it is that you had that you walked in with, maybe it was a parenting challenge, maybe it was a relational challenge, maybe it was a work challenge, no matter what it is, I want you to release it to God today. Because what God is saying this morning is that it is his power that is at work in your life. It is his power that took his truck, Rich's truck, and put it back on the road. It is his power that will give you that supernatural patience for every mom that was prayed for this morning. It is his power that will give every, every uh, dad in here the supernatural gentleness because it's not on our own strength and we can't do it alone. So just close your eyes this morning. Think of that issue that you walked in with that you're just going to release to God today. The Bible says these things about power. For God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-control. Bible says, yet you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and the Samaria and to the end of the earth. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. that you may be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy. 
that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Everyone's eyes closed this morning to something specific. If you're battling discouragement in any way, shape, or form, everyone's eyes are closed. Just slip your hand up this morning. If you're battling discouragement, slip your hand up this morning. Bible says this to you. His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who has called us to His own glory and excellence. That may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. You came in here discouraged. You're leaving here with hope. Let me read that one again. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Awesome is God from His sanctuary, the God of Israel. He is the one who gives power and strength to His people. Blessed be God. Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power, by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. So Lord, as we close this morning, Father, we thank you for your power. Your power to touch lives, to change situations, to draw people back to you to mend relationships, to invade circumstances and situations as we call out your name. And so, Father, we just pray over every person here this morning. Father, we speak to discouragement. We tell it to go in Jesus' name. We tell it to go in Jesus' name. Father, we turn our eyes to you and our hope is with you. And we worship you this morning. In your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. We have some prayer teams that are going to come up here. I want to read just a benediction to you guys. Let me ask you a couple questions. If you need prayer for anything in your life, these prayer teams will be up here and they can pray for you. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, if you've never made that decision and you feel God tugging on your heart, come up here this morning. Let them pray with you. Maybe you've been walking with the Lord in the past and you've just, you've not walking with him anymore. Come up here. They will pray with you. They will encourage you. And you will leave with such hope, I know, in the name of Jesus. So let me just close with this. Now to him, just receive this as a benediction. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen and amen. You are dismissed. Go with God's power in your life. Amen.